Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. In the Grit and Gravitas podcast studio today, there is no better place I'd rather be. Annie Carnathan, uh, it's going to be a high gear day, even higher by our new podcast guest. The today. highest. The <laughs> highest. And we always have a little podcast before the podcast. So we have we have done that as well. Most definitely. The party is on. The party Everybody. is on. Uh, and it's not even a Friday. <laughs> but we're super excited to have Marcy Mallory, and um, I'm going to share a little bit of her background because you're you're kind of new to uh, Marcy's story as well. But Marcy Mallory is president of Pennsylvania Parks and Forest Foundation, which is an incredible Commonwealth of Pennsylvania nonprofit organization who Correct. keeps all 124 state parks. <laughs> I've done my homework. I know yes, my stuff. Yes, you passed. Um, <laughs> you know, the best places for visitors, both in state and out of state. And this is well-timed, Marcy, because we are in Healthy Lands Week. And we're going to expound on that a little bit. Marcy, welcome to Great and Gravitas. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. You are crazy good, Ann Dieter Gallagher. <laughs> this, is, this is great. And I, I hear outdoors, and that is a gem in our state. We have an extraordinarily beautiful state. Uh, and so this is very exciting. I, um, Marcy's office, uh, PA, uh, Parks and Forest Foundation was originally across the street from my office here in Market Street in Camp Hill. And, and I knew you and I know Joshua, my oldest son knows, is it your stepson or correct, who? Correct, yes. correct, correct. Uh, Josh was just here. something just with Ben. Yes, he did a yes. for us one time. Yes. So we've come full circle and I just had the tremendous honor and privilege of working with Marcy and her team. Uh, just a few weeks ago in advance of um, educating and raising awareness for Healthy Lands Week. And in the process, I raised my own awareness, which is always great. Um, but tell it, Marcy, give us a little bit of your story running up to how did you land in this position? Uh, were you always passionate about outdoor spaces? Um, share a little bit. Yeah, I can. I can. Happy to do that. Um, I've always been passionate about outdoor places. I was a Girl Scout. Yes. And I think that was one yes, of the, the Girl first Scouts. Yay, yes, Girl yes, Scouts. Yes. I think that was one of my first introductions to the outdoors in an organized way. But my grandfather was an outdoorsman. He was a hunter. He was an oh, angler. Good. And yeah. we would go up, you, you know, in Pennsylvania, you're a shore person or a mountain person. We would, <laughs> we would go to the mountains every yeah. year to, to, the, uh, to a camp in Cameron County. And that was very informative. We would good. go to Cinnamahoning State Park every time we were oh, there. Cool. So I got to watch the evolution of that park. And that really stuck with me. And I actually started college as a, a wildlife science major. Ooh, nice. Um, and then then I switched. I, I graduated with an education degree, taught high school for a few years, oh. and said, you know, my passion is conservation. Good. And so I went back to Shippensburg University. Oh, <laughs> Shippensburg! <laughs> 
shout out, shout out. <laughs> yes. I went back to Shippensburg and got my master's in geoenvironmental studies. Ooh, nice. So at the same time, I was volunteering with a lot of conservation organizations, dipping my toe in. And that really helped to pave the way for me to get a job. And I started with the National Audubon Society. And I held a position there for 12 years. Came was that to, in PA or where was that? It was position? in Pennsylvania. Originally, okay. it was six states. I, the Mid Atlantic region. I was working on wetlands, and I was also okay. working in the for the Audubon Council. And that position varied over the course of time. I worked on population and habitat. I worked on endangered species, and I ended up being the director of education for the Audubon Pennsylvania office. And then I transitioned into what the position I hold now, where I've been since two thousand and five. Okay. And, wow. Um, yes. And when I started, we we the, the Foundation. Did you f- how how old was the organization when you came? 1999 is when we oh, were founded, okay. and we okay. were founded as a way for users of parks and forests to give back to these places. Oh, good. Um, at that point in time, there was 117 state parks. There's 2.2 million acres of state forest. And when I was interviewing for the position, I did a, like a little uh, inventory, and I'd been to like 87 of the parks at that point, and I'd been to 17 of the forest districts. And I'm like, you know, I'm a user. I love being in the outdoors. This is the place that brings me yeah, passion. Good. And I want to be able to give back to these places. So 2005, I joined the foundation. At that point, we had eight friends groups. We now have 46. Wow. Um, we um, work with all 124 state parks, the 2.2 million acres of state forest. And our goal is to get people engaged in the outdoors both as volunteers, but also we know that when you're spending time in the outdoors, it's better for your physical, mental, and emotional yep. health. So we, we try to engage people. We try to remove barriers because everybody deserves to be able to spend time mm-hmm. in the outdoors. And in Pennsylvania, we're fortunate. There's no um, entrance fees. There's no parking fees. Yeah, so if you can awesome. get there, you that's can awesome. enjoy it. And we really try to empower women as well because uh, oftentimes women didn't have the mentors that mm-hmm. helped to introduce them to the outdoors. So we, we try to make sure there's a lot of these programs called Women in the Wilds. We, we, we partner with state parks to host them, so to help women feel more comfortable and confident in the outdoors. There's nothing like walking up the sun. Oh, yeah. Walking just, it's all my energy walks the sun right up. But but I want to go back to how she prepared for her interview. Okay. Extraordinary. That's a business vitamin. You went into that interview, yes, as a user, but the preparation and the detail and and the granularity of how passionate mm-hmm. you were about it. And the why mm-hmm. of what you would bring to the job is extraordinary. And we can all do a better job, I think, of, of preparing for interviews. Well, you're living your dream, clearly. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had actually met my predecessor at a banquet a few years prior. And I'm like, it was a new organization. And he, and he was telling me about it. And I'm like, I want your job. <laughs> Good. And he, he retired. Good. I didn't like yes. force him yes. out. He retired. And, and, uh, Somebody had remembered my passion and reached out to me and said, awesome. hey, this, this position is open. You, know, you should apply. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Well, good point. Good what, point. Well, what are, what, why are there specific barriers to women in the outdoors? In other words, what, what, are, what are you, you addressing? What are you yeah, what are you finding that, that they're, they're needing I think there's several. One is one is lack of confidence. Uh, you know that oftentimes when people spend time in the outdoors, and it's interesting. When I was with Audubon, we did this program called the Women's Expedition for the Environment, and I led nine women across Pennsylvania hiking, well, backpacking, canoeing, and bicycling. And we also did profiles of women who were 
successful in the outdoors, like across history. Oh, good. That's cool. And what we found is that many of them had a significant adult in their life who served as a mentor. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we forget about that. And what's one of our concerns um, as a foundation is fewer and fewer children are spending time in the yes. outdoors. Yeah. And so they're losing that mentorship that is so important. And so people sometimes feel that their lack of knowledge um, is a barrier that, you know, if they show up to an event, even if it's an organized event, that maybe they would be the, the weak stone that like, you know, they are not having the boots or not, not having, having the right yeah, equipment. The so backpack you know, or whatever yes, you need, yes. whatever you think you need, whatever hike. you think you need yeah. or, or this, there's this perceived look of what, uh, what an environment, <laughs> uh, what an yes. outdoors person yes. looks like. <laughs> I know I've just paid, you know, REI for that look. <laughs> So, you know, trying to help people understand that there's no certain look. Yeah. And when we're talking about programs, helping people to understand that, you know, this is an entry-level program and, or the equipment is going to be provided right. or it's this pace. So if we can inform them. I also think that there's some fear, you know, fear of, of being alone in the outdoors. And, and sometimes there's a safety fear. There's a safety fear. If I hike, I follow several solo hikers, several solo women hikers on Instagram and it's... You know, I'm, I love their stories. I love their experiences. They go all around the country hiking because they said, if we wait, you know, we'll never hike because yes. it doesn't, you know, suit somebody else's schedule. Many of them are married, but they just said, you know, their husband, one, her husband's deployed. She goes with her two little kids overnight. Like, I mean, little kids, like one is below a year old. She talks very, you know, about uh, leave no trace. If you've got diapers, if you've got all that kind of stuff, but it is uh, it does establish confidence in me when I'm wa- watching how they're, it's an education. Like it, how, it how really are you doing is. that? It really is. And there, there are things that you can do to be safe if you're yeah. out by yourself. I've camped by myself. I've hiked by myself. Like when I was in Glacier, I would, I camped in the, in the, in the campgrounds. I would camp next to somebody that night say, Hey, I'm here alone, you know, yeah. and let them know. And I went on more popular trails right, right. or I went on ranger led hikes. So there are ways that you can be safe. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's really important, too, that we have these programs that invite women to come out and, and build their confidence. I just came back from a women's sacred play retreat in Georgia, and it was oh, fantastic. No, I did a, see that. Yeah. 11 yeah. women uh, up in the, the Georgian mountains right next to a waterfall, and we really supported each other in the exploration of... Not so just are the these from around, ourselves. around the country? These or? women were from all over the country. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Marcy's an explorer. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you like, tapped into a good point, which I know since COVID, our state parks have really um, uh, come to light for a lot of people. Like that was one place we could go. And like you said, it's free. And I know from your strategic plan, um, aren't we, isn't, doesn't Pennsylvania try to have a state park within a vicinity of what, 30 miles from every Pennsylvanian or what was that? Yeah, it's actually um, Dr. Marie Scottard, who is a, was a Camp Hill yeah. resident here. Yeah. Uh, he had a vision of a state park within 25 miles of every resident of the Commonwealth. And he really advocated that our state parks should be free. He would say that you don't put uh, parking meters in mall parking lots because you want people to go to the mall. Good we shouldn't point. charge people an entrance fee to go into a park because we want them to go there. And not only is it good for human, physical, mental, and emotional yeah. health, there's also environmental benefits as well as economic benefits because Pennsylvania is sixth in the nation in terms of consumer spending on outdoor recreation. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What about attendance at our state parks? How are we, do you, do you know comparatively to other states? Are we, 
Do we have a high uh, attendance uh, or user rate at our state parks? We do, and we see Good. a lot of visitors coming from other states. Good. Well, I'm sure Maryland. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And, you know, it during COVID, it went up to like 46 million visitors wow. a year. And that might not be unique wow. visitors yeah. because you might go there two or three times right, and that right. would be counted. It's down a little bit now to like 42 million, but that's still significant. And untold millions in our state forests because it's a lot harder to count how many people are going into a so state that's forest. So does that include the game lands? Game lands are, are the Is Game that's, Commission. That's, that's a separate, separate agency. Oh. Yes, we work with parks and forests. And game lands also, there's 1.1 yeah. 1 million acres of game lands, do, I think. Yeah. There's Fish and Boat Commission yeah. lands. Right, so, right. And then there's a lot of conservancy-owned land and, and oh, that's true. county Trust, parks. Yeah. And then there's over 6,000 community parks in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's cool. We're, so we're very fortunate we to are. have access to all we of are. these wonderful places. So even if, if you're not comfortable being in a state park alone, your community park is a great place to go and stretch your legs, breathe, right, lower your stress level. And <laughs> who doesn't have stress these days? I think just being outside, you know, in, in the forest, in the woods, walking on a hiking trail, it doesn't have to mean you commit to the Appalachian Trail. You know, like you said, there's very, uh, there's great opportunities to be entry level hikers now, Corey and I, my husband, uh, we for the last few years, we've done that first day hike. Oh, yes. And yes. Um, I know um, Pine Grove, ha- like several of the state parks, haven't organized. I don't want to do the organized. We just do our own. And sometimes it's honestly been like 10 degrees or less out oh, there. Oh, yes. It's, it's New Year's <laughs> Day. <clears throat> it's a very cool thing. We just go out. Of course, I put on Instagram or whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's cool to be out there really when nobody's out there. And... Uh, just and, start and, the year like yes. that. And you, you make a good point is that it's not just during nice weather or during, right. you know, the summertime. Our parks and forests are open year round and being in the outdoors in winter is such a different experience. And as I'm sure, you know, if you're walking, walking your, your land, dogs, walking your dogs, you realize it's. I love every single season. If it's, if it's winter, I want the snow. And again, I, to, to Anne's point, to your point, Marcy, it's, it's, it's the gear. And honestly, if that's correct and appropriate, yeah. and and it's it's absolutely incredible yes. to be outside. Nothing yeah. is like it is when it's when it's outside. Uh, so I, I completely agree with that like the air even breathes in differently for me. Right? <laughs> and that was that was during COVID when I just was just just incredibly just what is going to happen? And you're running a company and you're worried about employees and their families and. Revenue and 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 so literally just started to walk outside and did walking meetings and thought I I, I love that love idea this. I love I'd love this I would just put on it people say oh it's so windy there I'm like yep I'm outside and it isn't gonna be <laughs> what it is and I and I've done it ever since and Libby Delano we, we yeah we yeah. connected with her and it's just walking is just it and 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 as fit. And I'll speak for myself as fit as anything I've ever done because I've always exercised. And so that dual benefit mm-hmm. of just mind, body, and spirit. Sunshine. Um, yeah. Sunshine, vitamin D. Yep. It's yep. incredible. No matter the weather, it's all good. People's like, you don't get down and you don't five days around. Nope, nope. Happy for all of it. Just happy to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. We so. walked in the rain last weekend. And, and oh, that, awesome. Yeah. It changes the, the feel. Oh, it's, it's just, it's, 
everything is oh, different. Oh, that's it's, awesome. Yeah. What are some, you know, Marcy, we're all about the business vitamins here. So <laughs> we, uh, we promise our listeners and viewers uh, at least one uh, tangible insight that they could apply, you know, after giving us 30 minutes of their precious time. You know, what could they do to, you know, maybe explore uh, our state parks or our state forests or... And now we are in Healthy <clears throat> healthy Lands Week. What would you tell, you know, somebody who really wants to go hiking, who's not been to REI, who does, doesn't have a big budget, where would they start? Well, and it depends on where, 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 you're, where you're living, if, yeah. if you're looking for a particular place. But I would say where I would start is look at the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources website to Good. their events page and see what organized events are happening. So dcnr.com. And the Pennsylvania Parks and Forest Foundation websites, paparksandforest.org, yes. also lists events. So participating in an organized event is yeah. a good way to get an introduction to that place good. or maybe an introduction to that skill. I'll also put a plug in since it's Healthy Lands Week, but throughout the year there is vo- there are volunteer opportunities, and that's a great way to meet like-minded people yeah. who could eventually be your your hiking buddies or your kayaking buddies or your right. photography buddies. You know, there's so many different ways that people enjoy the outdoors. So you know, there are a lot of volunteer opportunities, and not only does it connect you to people, it's also good for your health. Yeah, you know, it it reduces uh, stress. You can boost creativity. You can learn a new skill. And, you know, it helps to combat loneliness, which is one of the number right. one things that are affecting people these I days, know. particularly post-COVID. No, those are all great ideas. And I told, well, you know, from my Instagram, we're, we're just back from a week in Yosemite saw, with the great. entire family. So it's, <laughs> that was a feat in itself. 13 of us from age 3 to 65, um, all converging, uh, you know, doing Yosemite. But that was a big, you know, I did a lot of research for that and was thankful for our state park experiences to, you know, um, and we, we hiked Pine Grove three miles with the little ones to see how they would do, you know, uh, would they keep up? Now, my oldest son said, well, you know, mom and dad, that wasn't a hike. You walked. (laughs) That's not quite like Yosemite. You just walked Pine Grove. I said, well, to them, you know, the the three and the six-year-old. is no joke. Yeah, and the three-year-old is is going, you know, four strides to R1. With three-year-old steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was really good training and experience. And like you said, free. It's a Saturday uh, afternoon uh, fun family time. We often do that. Corey and I often do that, but then invite any of the other kids and grandkids, uh, to join us. But just so there's a mental speaking to the mental component of doing something like that, which was a high gear, you know, we mapped out our hikes. Well, there's some foreboding hikes. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing half dome. I'm just out there saying I'm not doing cables. Like I, yeah. I don't love heights, but we did do Sentinel dome. So I don't know if, um, if you have done that, Marcy or not, but it was a, I didn't know how high it was, which is, which is better for me. You know, the three-year-old, he, he, it was funny before the hike, he had no band-aids. <laughs> After the hike, somebody on Facebook commented, said, I love the three band-aids. Uh, and he was carried. He finally surrendered the last, you know, leg up, but there's a resilience and a determination to that. Like I almost, before we got to the, so we we're at 8,100 feet. And it wasn't a, it was a difficult in the sense of rocks, a rocky trail. So it wasn't a smooth macadam or dirt trail. Um, and the elevation, I did notice it halfway up. I'm like, 
Yeah. You know, that I don't like that feeling. That's kind of wigging me out. But now my husband had just nine months uh, post-total hip replacement. Well, he's hiking up ahead of me. I'm like, shoot, I'm not coming. <laughs> now I have to do this because all the grandkids, three to nine, and there was five of them, they were at the head of the pack. So I'm thinking, okay, if the nine-year-old's up there, like Mimi has to go. Now I've got to go. Right. Um, but it was absolutely inspiring standing up there and just looking, you know, straight across to El Capitan, to the right is, you know, Half Dome. But there's an endurance like, wow, we can do hard things. Like, like we can, it's good to get the heart pumping. Had I known what the, how the top, like I said, I don't love heights. Uh, I would have said, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to go on that one, but I did go. So kind of family pressure, but I did go, <laughs> but you learn a lot about yourself in the woods. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we, we put boundaries on ourselves. Totally. And if we, totally. if we allow nature to push us a yes. little bit more, it does is build our confidence. It can build our endurance. It can and build our fitness. Um, so there are a lot of positives to going out there and just pushing yourself a little bit more. And, um, I'm a high pointer and the hardest one that I've done so far is Katahdin up in Maine. Oh, and, you know, it, is that it, Acadia? It had, uh, is that a It's the very, it's a mountain. It's the oh. end of the Appalachian Trail. Oh shoot. Yes. And it has, you know, like metal bars and yes, the yes, you yes. have to climb and has a needle uh, walkway and, and there was one point there was a girl scout who was also hiking it um with a group sitting there crying and i said to my husband i said can i sit there and cry too? <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i just gathered myself yes. and i went the rest of the way and there were these two 70 year old twin sisters who had just finished wow. through hiking the appalachian Trail. oh my word and it was so powerful to be there with them mm. and see that accomplishment and know that you know, sometimes you just have to take it in smaller steps yeah, and yeah. little increments, but you can do what you put your mind to. That's the business vitamin, Ann. It's, it's the, the way is forward. Yep. Just, yes. It's, it's, it's forward. And you never, ever think you can do what you're doing. For me, a hike is all about, well, the only option you have is to continue yeah. forward. You know, there is no going back. Well, in some, the way of these, is forward. some of these at Yosemite, like a half dome, you're not turning around. And they tell you very clearly, <laughs> yeah, you're like, gonna be this people. is one way. So you're going. <laughs> There's the no flow. plan B. Yeah, there is yeah. no plan the B. The only way is forward. And yeah. I think that is what pushes the boundaries mentally, physically, spiritually. And that's the payoff. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you have to, to assess, is it is it a real fear? What What's preventing you? Is it, is it a real fear? Or is it something that you, a story you've told yourself yeah. or a story you've allowed somebody else to tell you and that you've absorbed? And if you can contemplate on that and kind of wiggle your way through it, that's very beneficial. Our one hike, we were, um, believe it or not, the only ones on the hike in, in Yosemite, which is, you know, I don't know how many million people uh, are there. This was our first hike. So, um, which was great opportunity. We all were learning stuff. Now we, Corey and I did not go to the very top of this. It wasn't as high, but the, the rocks were really intense. So the, the three-year-old stayed behind. The, the rest went up to the, you know, Benjaminic and Joshua and all the way up to the top. But the whole time. So here's a, here's a, uh, I had to do a little more research. Knowing that there are bear there and knowing that there are mountain lion, when there's nobody else on the trail, like you're, you're fairly okay when it's a, a busier trail or at least more people are hiking. So my head is like on a sw- swivel, like, I don't know about this. 
But you know, you have again. I had to overcome some of that. You have to be smart about it, and yes, you, you got to know what. Um, so it wasn't until after that that we talked to a ranger who I love. This this young lady was half my size, and she had like she was a law enforcement ranger at Yosemite. So she had like everything on her belt. So she's uh, talking to us. I said, now tell me about the bear. <laughs> she said, we have never had, <clears throat> in all of Yosemite, have never had uh, a bear attack where someone was seriously injured or killed. I said, okay, I feel better. Why didn't, you, why didn't I know that before I started? I wouldn't have worried. Now there were, on one of our trails, there were several mountain lion posters. So I said, that's not helpful. No, <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's informing you. you it know, is. So to be smart. And there, you, you're you not going to, and, and she said, you know, you won't see them. They see you. I said, well, that's not helpful either. No, that's, no, that's not helpful. <laughs> Your head swivels. But again, you know, don't we in business, we, we know what risks are and we go ahead, you know, where we either try new initiatives. You can't get away from that, but I wasn't going to let it rob us of the outdoor experience whether you're here in pennsylvania or anywhere i mean we have bear too and we have uh, coyotes we have a lot of things we do and you, you manage your risk you, you educate yourself you know we have some on on the pa parks and forest.org website we have some um, fact sheets if you want to oh, try good. a new event oh, a good, new, good. no type of recreation some information to help inform you places where you could do that but i think too there there are some other helpful videos that help to you know if if you know what the risk are you can manage yeah. them and some, sometimes we build the bears and ticks are the two biggest things that people often say they're afraid of and if you're making noise most bear don't want to see you no right and <clears throat> you can manage right. for ticks by wearing the appropriate clothing wearing some repellent checking yourself when you yeah. when you return um so don't let that prevent you from getting out. <laughs> I have ticks in my backyard. Our, well, we, our top yeah. tick thing Thank is we got 18 <laughs> off our labradoodle one day. Oh, my word. Right. When, when ticks wow. are, are particularly bad. Um, and so I think, I think fear leads to so many other negative things, whether it's just all out paralysis, whether it's retreat, whether, and it is the story we yeah. tell ourselves, <clears throat> right? <throat> and if you're fearless, there's some days you're fearless and there's some days you just fear less and you have to manage it. But I do think that we don't know what we're capable of. Oh, totally. Until we <clears throat> adventure out into it. And yes. anyone that's in business knows what an adventure that is. And it's not dissimilar to starting a business. Right. <clears throat> you know this is going to be tough and you you can't see far down the road, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So The way is forward. Right. Marcy, let me pivot uh, quickly on what I know about Pennsylvania, the good work you're doing. Share a little bit about the accessibility component for our state parks and forests. And I know we have, is it um, the kayak launch uh, or wheelchair accessibility? We've been doing a lot <clears throat> of a lot of work to make our parks accessible to everybody. And we look at it as removing barriers. We have a saying, we want to ensure a place and an experience for everyone in the outdoors. That's great. And, you know, from a, um, um, at a physical ability perspective, we have, we're putting in our first inclusive playground at Little Buffalo State Park. That's so that awesome. if, you, yes. if you're the, a child or a parent is, is using a, an assistive device, they would be able to access the components of the playground and interact with them, not just watch. Yeah. Um, we have done several canoe and kayak launches that, it, it, we call it universal design that stabilized the, the, the canoe or kayak for anybody that could use it. And we have had... So it could be elderly, <coughs> could yes. be anybody with a physical Yes, absolutely. <coughs> challenge. We just did a, um, an inclusive beach at Pincho State Park. It has what's called a Moby mat. 
So if you're in a wheelchair, it can you can roll out into the sand. We put a raised sand bed for children oh, cool. in wheelchairs cool, so they cool. could have the same sand experience. And then we also purchased two beach wheelchairs so that they actually go out into the water. So oh, that's if awesome. you've never been able to be in the water, no, you, that's can, awesome. you can inter- interact yeah. with your family and friends. So we're really excited about that. Absolutely. We've done ADA fishing piers. They're very popular. And again, it's universal design is benefits everyone because yep. maybe you're using crutches. Maybe you have a child in a, in a stroller. Um, maybe, you know, you have some other limitation that's temporary or permanent, but if we think in terms of universal design, it makes it accessible. Well, a lot of grandparents are taking grandchildren fishing. They're taking them, you know, to the state park or hiking or whatever. So that would be, you know, really an advantage. Yeah. We had a woman call us and we put our first launch in, which was at Point State Park in Pittsburgh. And she, she was near tears and brought me to tears. She oh, said, I have not been able to be on the water for 15 years. I'm going to choke up now. She said, you brought that, that life wow. back to me. And wow. then one gentleman in a wheelchair, he was in the water. And he goes, I love seeing people's faces when they pull up and they see the wheelchairs and they can't find the people. Because when we're on the water, we're like everybody else. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it empowered him yes. to actually get his own apartment and do other things. Because oh, wow. he was empowered by being... Yeah having that ability to be able to be out there on the water. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. touching lives. And I like the word universal. Yeah. Not sure why. I'm yeah. Gonna, well, <laughs> I have to evaluate I wonder that why. later. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder that word association. Yeah. <laughs> so share, Marcy, what are some of the events going on? You know, when we air this, it's going to be past Healthy Lands Week, but that doesn't prevent anyone from participating you know, in, in cleaning up our state parks or just taking, I think I heard you say, take a trash bag when you go and, and hike. Yes. Yeah. So Healthy Lands Week was designed, and this is the second year of it, it was really designed to build awareness of the role that we all play in stewarding both the cultural and natural assets that we have in Pennsylvania. So there are a number of volunteer programs that are happening during this week. We did a, um, a book discussion yesterday, and we were privileged to have the author join us oh, to discuss great. the book, Brave the Wild River. It's about two female botanists who were the first women to paddle, uh, European women, not non-indigenous women, to paddle the Grand Canyon, and they did the botany. Oh, so wow. I highly recommend it to wow. your listeners and to both of you ladies. It's an amazing book. Just visited the Grand Canyon? Yeah. So if you <laughs> yes, read this you did. book, it'll give yes, you a you totally did. different perspective oh, good. of it. Um, Staggeringly beautiful. It is it's it's gorgeous. Overwhelming. Um, so there's there's all sorts of things happening this week, but the takeaway really is that a there's things that we can all do every day when we right. when we're out. Right. There's a principle called leave no trace that we yep. recommend, and that is really basic: take only pictures, leave only footprints. Um, make sure that you you're taking your your litter with you. You know you mm-hmm. you know if you're camping, extinguish your campfire. Camp right. in a, in approved campgrounds. Walk through the mud on a trail. Don't don't walk around the mud because that widens oh, the trail and creates more erosion. That's interesting. So, I never yeah, heard that. Yeah. An <laughs> so, excuse. To walk, walk through the mud. Walk through the mud. Tully would love that. I know. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's perfect. I so, want to hike there. Yes. So you know, there's things that we can do every day, and and part of that too is just getting out and developing an appreciation for yeah. these places. Because, you know, we need people to be champions of, of, of all of these places that we have in Pennsylvania. They are sacred. I think we need a women in business hiking group. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Oh, like, and we, could, <laughs> we could do it in on work days I think and the, talk I think the business. Ma- yep. And I think the majority of our um, network would absolutely covet that. I know I would. So we should do... So, Marcy, we do a, um, a Christmas party. Women are... Grit and Gravitas Christmas party. 
So there may be a to cocktail flip or the switch two on that. Yeah, there are, there is a cocktail or two. This is why I do my own first day hike because I like a cocktail halfway between. Who doesn't not love a good cocktail? I know. You can't have it. <laughs> I think we're onto something here. No, I I think we are too, and I think those organic conversations that happen, literally step by step and along the way. I mean, I take my walks to learn to listen, to just have that Clear solitude. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, again, I can't recommend it enough. But Anne, Dieter, Gallagher, Marcy, Mallory, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> She's trying to close us down. Yes, this I saw what that. happens. <laughs> this is what happens. So we're going to have to take this conversation to the trail. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Let's do that. So no we either do Pine Grove, which is one of my favorite, or or we do a you know little buffalo. That's my second favorite now. Or maybe I'll introduce you to a new place. Well, that could we, there's a we, long. We, we have to we have to um, alternate and work it around. So we're always yeah. adventuring somewhere new. Is yeah. adventuring a word? Yes, yes. I like it. Yes. Is. Okay. So Marcy, where can uh, people learn more about you? So you you gave the website. PAParksandForest.org. So are you on Instagram, Facebook? Pennsylvania Parks and Forest Foundation is on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or X. Uh, (laughs) YouTube, we've got a lot of really helpful videos on YouTube. Check us out there. And then I'm also at PPFF Marcy on... Uh, no, I love on... your pictures with your dog and you guys oh, yeah, are yeah. on... What kind of dog? Uh, she's a lab bully mix. She's uh, seven months old. We had our first encounter with a rattlesnake on a hike. I uh, saw that picture. <laughs> See, I don't like that either. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's... They, they, are they have to live somewhere you. too, Anne. We gave it birth. It didn't bother yeah. us. Um Tell her I yes. said hi. Tell your dog. I will tell her I said hi. You, you t- so, yeah. and then yeah. um, to the women listeners, there's a lot of women on Instagram. I know Tori Talks Trails was with us at yes. our Healthy Lands Week, and she's phenomenal. And Kim Hiked It is another one. They are uh, largely solo hikers, and they have almost done all 124 state parks. Yes, a large they're working percentage. through them. And another one that I that I follow that I don't believe is based in PA is Unlikely Hikers. Oh, and good. It's, and it's, it's people that you would say, oh, they don't fit the mold of hiking. I love that. And it really is inspirational. I love Unlikely Hikers. Because you don't have to be a mold in a mold That to might be, a be us. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we have to tell the G&G network that they don't have to be typical <laughs> hikers. They can yes. be. Yes, we, we can be atypical. We encourage you to get out. It's good for you. Marcy, thanks for sharing, educating us, and raising awareness on PA Parks and Forest Foundation and uh, Healthy Lands Week. And I feel like tonight I need to, you know, get in the nearby woods. Annie Carnathan, always a great day in the studio with you. Always extraordinary. It's going to be a high gear rest of the week and weekend. So see everybody on a hike. Marcy, thank you. Thank you. You're delighted. Have a high gear day. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram and have a high gear day.